Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 76 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boken. I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, the man who refuses to wear a boombox on his shoulder because he says it's a stereotype. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mr. Matt Collins. I, I would definitely wear a boombox. Yeah, I, 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 I can see you wearing a boombox. Yeah. You're old school that way. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also joining us in the studio once again, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. Adam, how are you today, sir? I'm good. I like that one. Did y'all have boom boxes back in the day? Oh, yeah. I was on the tail end of the boom box thing. Like, I had them. I, I had them. Oh, okay. The was problem say, was, I have one, you not. we had one, but like, we couldn't necessarily afford the 20,000 D batteries that you had to put in with the boom box. So, like, I had one that plugged up. I was never able to walk around with it. I would agree with that assessment. Yeah, yeah mine was plugged up in my room. Exactly. I never yeah. made Way it. Way easier. It never made an appearance. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. That was the same. I wasn't that cool. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> or could afford the batteries. <laughs> right. Yeah, those those things are not wow. cheap, man. They've only gotten more expensive. You, okay, so let's have some fun music history. Here we so, go. Uh, back in the day, there were records and then cassette tapes and then CDs. Mm -hmm. So when I was growing up, it was when the music transitioned from cassette tapes to CDs. I remember that. So that was a big deal. Yep. So do you remember the first CD you ever got? Yes. What was it? Uh, <laughs> it was Garth Brooks, okay. and it was the album with uh, with Thunder Rolls, I think, or, or one of those. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I think that was it. <laughs> and it was because my sister had, and I was like, well, I want one too. And I'll never forget her letting me like borrow her CD player. And her telling me I didn't have to rewind the CD. Like, that was magic <laughs> to me back in the day. I was like, what do you mean you just hit play yeah. again? Like, yeah. I'm like, this is going to save me all kinds wow. of time. Yeah. All right. So now oh, I started laughing. What was I yours? <laughs> <laughs> my mom, this is, my mom got me uh, a Creed CD because uh, I was listening to it in the car. Wow. But here's the thing. I didn't get to control the radio, so it was just I, my mom thought I liked it. <laughs> he says he has a Creed CD. He immediately starts defending it. Like, yeah, it wasn't my yeah, fault, it wasn't guys. my fault, guys. I don't even like Scott Stapp that much. <laughs> you were listening to him on the way in this morning. That's all right. That's right. You can be honest. That's right. it, man. Yeah. No, uh, yeah, that was my first one. Nice. <laughs> so mine was uh, DC Talk Free at Last. Oh, nice. Adam so wins. What better first yeah. CD, right? Yeah. So uh, I still love that CD. Yeah, the songs are fantastic. So, yeah, uh, and I'll argue with anybody who says otherwise. <laughs> you, you like that album over Jesus Freak? Oh yeah, really? Definitely. Definitely. Oh, the I... music on Jesus Freak is better. Sure, but you got to understand, I'm in the seventh grade <laughs> and I'm listening to Free at Last. Come yeah, on. up okay, until that enough. point, Christian music was Carmen and the Gaither vocal band. <laughs> That's right. So this was a big step up. All right. So yeah, I was just the memories oh, I have man. with it are, are never going to be you know yeah, beaten yeah. by anything else. But no, no, the music on Jesus Freak is really good. Yeah, but um, no, no, no. The DC Talk CD is always going to be my favorite. Yeah. Free now, at last. I had several Carmen cassette tapes back in the day. I had all of them. Oh, yeah, yeah. All of them. Yeah. Champion, a, standard, all okay, that kind of stuff. Here we go. Carmen trivia now. Let's do, do it. Do you know uh, Carmen's last name? It's not San Diego. That's all I know. Uh, I do not know Carmen's last I'm name. I'm 90% sure of this. And you know, he's with Jesus now. He yep. passed away a few years yep. ago. I believe his last name was Liquordello, which is <laughs> why he just went with Carmen. Wait, that's, that's a good call. <laughs> good call, man. He's like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to Madonna this thing. Just one name. Call. That's all we're going to do. Yeah. I don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, you you're good. Up boom boxes. Yeah. Boom boxes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. This, right. this, is, this is what happens. free at last. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Someone this week was asking me about the podcast, and I said, yeah, tune in. You'll love it. I said, just fast forward it like 10 minutes to get to the really good stuff. I said, you know, but this is all right. All right, fair enough. Fun. Well, well, speaking of fast forward, you push that little button, thirty seconds. That's right. That's right. You don't have to rewind anything. It's gonna be great. There you go. Fast forwarding. Well, gentlemen, speaking of fun, did y'all get up to anything fun this weekend? It was a, it was a good weekend, a nice weekend, a warm weekend. So, what, what'd you guys do, Matthew? What'd you do? Well, I mean, I feel like y'all are gonna talk about doing stuff with your kids. I don't have kids, so what we did was we cleaned the house. Okay, that's good. But. D watched Braveheart. 
for the first time. Okay. Wow. It's a big step. And brought me to tears. <laughs> brought her. We were both crying. It was great. There you go. You know, so. a, little, a little freedom. Yeah, you know? I was yeah, surprised yeah. that okay. she wanted to watch it. Okay. She was like, can we watch it? I was like, of course. Okay. Right Isn't on. it crazy to think that that really happened? Oh, yeah. When you watch yeah. movies like this, we talked a little about this last week, you know, with like rating systems. Yeah, and yeah, movies, yeah, yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. hey, if this is part of history and this happened and yeah. there's something in that story that sure. we can be inspired by. Yes. Tell me the story. Sure. You know, don't make it don't, don't, don't make, make it less violent than it was. So here's the thing about Braveheart. I remember when I first saw it in the theater in mm-hmm. 1994 with my best friend who was also named Matt. <laughs> um there's a trend talking here. with my dad about it afterwards and realizing that's kind of King David. Yeah. Like if you read okay. in the Old Testament and it, the songs they were singing, Saul has slain thousands, David tens of thousands. Yeah. yeah. Think about that for yeah. a second. Right. That's so a when lot. you're watching Braveheart and you're like, oh my gosh, like that's just way yeah. too much violence. Well, that's David in yeah. the Old Testament. Yeah. And and so there were some repercussions for that. God said, you can't build the temple. There's right. too much blood on your hands. Right. But these were not murders. Th- these these were, were just wars. killings and wars. Yeah. And right. so it's a part of our history as God's yeah. people. Yeah. And yeah. then when you watch it play out as what happened you know, in that particular time period with William Wallace. Scotland um, and England, man. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Great movie. Yeah. 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 It's I'm a glad you had to watch yeah. that. I was surprised that you wanted to, though. So, yeah. You know. well, that's really good. That's I kind of want to watch it now. So... Uh, <laughs> Some, we just lost it. a few listeners. Yeah. So we're gonna watch Braveheart. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> Sorry, yeah, guys. family busy, all, yeah. all the things. The weekend, love the the warm weather. Yeah, um, I feel like spring happened at the end of February uh, yeah. this year. Like, it's, so. it's the false spring, man. It'll get cold again. Oh, man. That's that's really? the way. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's all the way right. it works here in Alabama. We are there's a, there's a list of of seasons. False spring. That is where that's we where are. we are. Yeah, well, it'll get cold again. God for false spring. One I more time, okay. and yes. then and then Easter will be here. As uh, we like to say, one last time. That's right. So we need to get as many Hamilton references in as possible. That'll work. Henry, uh, basketball game, second to last game of the year. Did he the, throw away a shot? Uh, he did not. <laughs> okay. Stop. Sorry, you said You're Hamilton references. So Here we go. Yeah, sorry. Uh, they played so well. I'm proud of these kids. Good. So uh, good, good, they good. did great. I was super proud of them. And so, yeah, man, it was a busy weekend, but it was a fun weekend. Okay, good. Yeah. So we. Uh, did kind of similar to you guys. I got a bunch of little projects done around the house, replaced the batteries in our security system and unclogged a drain and <laughs> wow. was kind of Mr. Domestic a little bit. Yeah. But the, the big uh, yeah. story from the Boke house, uh, Friday I get home uh, and, and Vader, our boxer, who's uh, six and a half or so, uh, won't put any weight on her back leg. Oh, no. Is Vader okay? She's okay. Right. The end of the okay. story is I she's can't fine. Handle I can't handle this yeah. in the middle she's of the podcast. Uh, You're dropping but, this on me. But yeah. I, I call Christy and I'm like, I'm not like, if we're taking her to the vet, I'm going now because to go to like an emergency vet is astronomical, right, you know, in right, pricing. Yeah. So we call the vet, we go over there. They, long story short, she's got a little bit of a hip issue. They gave her some medicine. Everybody's fine. She's putting weight on it again. But that was kind of my, you know, I was like, but then that night, our other dog, our Bernadoodle, Brandy, jumps off the couch. Twist her le- leg and starts, you know, whimpering. And I'm like, oh my goodness. I'm like, everybody gather around. Like, <laughs> come here. Everybody just go to bed. Like, I'm not, I don't want any more trips to the doctors, the vets, or anything along those That's lines. That's a real thing, but, man. Yeah. Pets are family members. They are. If you don't have a pet out they there, are. it's hard to understand. But no. yeah. But they're Some, good. Something yeah. happens to Evergreen. I ain't showing up for a week. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Love that little dog. That's so right. I'm glad yeah. Vader's okay. Invader's Brandy's okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're all fine. Girls are okay. Everybody's good. So, so Sam and I had a really interesting conversation yesterday afternoon about pets. Okay. We're 
driving home from church, and we started coming up with a list of names that it would be like names that you would not consider naming a pet, but okay. it would be really funny if you named a pet a name. Okay? okay. So here was the first one. Like this, this one. Like this was. And if th- if this happens to be your name, we're not making fun of you. We just thought this would be funny if you had a dog named Steve. <laughs> just, we just thought that was funny. So like, if you can imagine, like, hey, Steve, <laughs> sit. So if you right. think about all the things you say to your dog and just insert a name that you wouldn't think of sure. for a pet, it's a really funny conversation yeah. to have. So try that with your kids sometime. Let's come up with a list of names that you wouldn't think of naming a pet. The, right. The next just one, like people names, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. I've never met a dog named Jeremy. You know, so it's just kind of a fun conversation to have. So I like that. Uh, That's yeah. really good. The first time you told me your dog's name was Brandy, that because I'd never met a dog named Brandy. Sure. It's a unique name for a dog. Yes. You know, Vader. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. Of course, we named our dog Evergreen, which makes no sense, but that's neither here nor there. So Banjo, that's a great dog yeah. name. Especially yeah, for Matt. I mean, yeah. we're, it's, it's perfect. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, yeah. You I know agree. what we should I do? Agree. I just came up with a fantastic idea. I'm in for this. We should have Pet Day on the podcast. Okay. Oh. We should totally do the podcast with the dogs in here with us. Evergreen, Banjo, uh, Vader, and, and Brandy. Brandy. Yeah. That would okay. be amazing. I, I have to think that none of the equipment would still be standing because Brandy is a giant lovable, you know, goof and uh, would knock everything I, over. I agree. So, I think Banjo would destroy... I have a... Picture. But I'm here for it. So is what I'm saying. The reason like, why these guys are reacting this way is they're actually in charge of all this equipment. <laughs> right. I'm not. I just come in here and I sit behind this microphone. Somebody else knows how this works. Yeah. Jonathan's out there shaking yeah. his head violently. <laughs> going, we are not doing pet day on the That's podcast. Right. All right, I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> no, Let's get back no, no, on, no, on it's point. Good. We no, need to get back good. on point. It's good. Uh, I like uh, it. Maybe, maybe we can make that happen. Maybe we can probably. Uh, no, you're, y'all are right. Uh, this would destroy a lot of pets. At some point, though, we need to put some pictures with the names of the pets and yeah, we can do that. That that that. Yeah, that's, a yeah. yeah. that's a safer we'll, we'll option. Much that, less fun. We'll make that happen at some point. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, anyway, so speaking of... <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that is a Chad segue, meaning Adam, enough. All right, go ahead. So shifting back to the uh, the, the purpose of the podcast, uh, this past Sunday was a fantastic one at Vaughn Forest yet again. I mean, lots of folks here, lots of folks in Discover Vaughn Forest, six baptisms. Can we yeah, talk about that for great. a minute? I mean, it was just, it was great to see so many of these folks we had in, you know, all over the place with demographics. I mean, young, uh, adults. I mean, it was great. I mean, just awesome to see. Yeah, so 60 second commercial for Kid Faith. I yeah. know we've talked about it before, but if you've got a kid and you want to come somewhere where you can have pizza and Chad or myself do a little gospel presentation that's fun and interactive using some science (laughs) Science. and stuff. Um, And what it does is it gives you a great point of reference to circle back around with your kids. That's right. At the end of Kid Faith, we don't say every head bowed, every eye closed. If you want to ask Jesus in your heart, pray this prayer, raise your hand, tell us you did that. What we do is we leave the conversation with you as their parent because it is a process of continuing to help them understand, you know, what does it mean to become a follower of Jesus? And then they get to a point where they're ready to make that decision. We tell you as the parents, after Morgan takes the kids out, here are the things to look for and when they're ready. And then once they've made that decision, they can confidently enter the waters of the baptistry. Right. Yeah. So we don't want kids who got baptized and then a decade later go, I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah. I just got wet. <clears throat> I didn't get baptized. Yeah. So baptism is what you do after salvation. Yeah. Right. So I baptized an eight-year-old little girl and a 10-year-old little boy yeah. uh, yesterday. And maybe a little girl and little boy aren't the right terms to use anymore because kids now at eight and 10 are making some pretty big decisions, right? Yeah. And so they both went through kid faith yep. with their parents and they they know 
Like they have the confidence of their salvation. Right. They're entering into the waters of the baptistry, not out of coercion from a parent or a grandparent, which we've all seen before. That's right. Mm-hmm. But because it was their decision. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. And they chose to go public with their faith. It was an honor to get to baptize them. And then Hardy got to baptize a few folks as well. Yeah. And then we had a dad baptized. Dad, yeah. dad baptized his son. That's and, right. Yeah. yeah. Such a great day. Yeah. So it was awesome. And, and we got to also continue our message series, Weathering Life Storms. We talked about Jesus taking us uh, into and through the storm, yeah. which I, I really, really enjoyed. And uh, so I want to, before we get to this idea of Jesus leading us into storms, I want to I want to divert for just a moment here at the beginning Let's of the podcast. We're diver- um, I thought we diverted enough. <laughs> no, well, I thought it was interesting how you talked about how this story is in three of the different Gospels, yeah. I think is what okay. you said. Yeah. And, and that kind of got me thinking as you were talking about that, you know, what... We have these four different gospel accounts, uh, many of them retelling kind of the same story. Why do you think it was that God put four different gospel accounts in the Bible? Is there a purpose behind each one? Is there a perspective behind each one that's different for a reason? Can you unpack that for me a little bit? Well, I mean, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't know we were going down this road, but um, I'll try not to take too much time with this, but I do think it's good to learn these things about the Bible. Absolutely. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are referred to sometimes as the synoptic gospels. Okay. Um, it's kind of a technical term that does not appear in the Bible. It's a term that was developed by scholars. It's not a bad term. It just means that from what we can research, and again, this is a great reminder that the Bible didn't fall out of the sky. Right. Like it was actually put together in a very precise process, and and there was criteria that was used to determine what God included in the canon, that's the fancy word, of scripture. Sure. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Luke share many common sources. That's what the word synoptic means. They share many common sources. I'm of the opinion that they were written chronologically in the order that they appear. Okay. A lot of scholars think that Mark was written first, and then Matthew, and then Luke. It doesn't really matter. Okay, It's kind of splitting hairs. But Matthew, Mark, and Luke, um, they were written using a lot of the same information. Now, when I say a lot of the same information, I'm not talking about a Google search where they read an article (laughs) on the Jerusalem Post. A lot of the same information was people. Right. First-hand accounts. Have you ever watched the evening news where they go through and talk to people who witnessed the car accident or yeah. witnessed the tornado yeah. or witnessed the waves crashing on the shore? Well, if you talk to three different people, here's what you're going to get. Three different stories <laughs> right, about yeah. the exact yeah. same event. That's right. And so these gospel writers are talking to people who are there. They're talking to people who heard from their parents or their grandparents. or their. Ne- so they're, they're doing almost like investigative journalism when it comes to how they're putting this together. They're also obviously having firsthand accounts that they were able to hear for themselves. I sure. mean, Matthew, you know, is there. So like he's he's seeing this, okay? Luke, <laughs> a little different because Luke's a doctor. So right. Luke's <laughs> traveling with Paul. So there's all these different things that are factoring into that. They were writing, in my opinion, with different audiences in mind. Okay. So same Holy Spirit inspiring them, but Matthew is primarily geared towards a, a Jewish audience. You know, Mark a little bit more towards the kind of Roman uh, thought, maybe a little bit of the Greco thought and culture. And then Luke, certainly from the perspective of the Roman Empire. Luke is where we get the dating. Sure. So when you read through Luke's gospel, you get some dates. You don't yeah. get that anywhere else. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you get to this particular story... <clears throat> There are some similarities, uh, one of which is sometime before they got into this boat, Jesus gave the parable of the sower and the seeds. So if you read all three accounts, some of the accounts appear like it happened that day. 
Okay. Like he's teaching this, he's teaching this, he's teaching this. Let's get in the boat. Yeah, yeah, Others, yeah. like Matthew's account, seems like he was teaching that at some point, and then this kind of happened in the course of events. Um, they all are, uh, and Luke actually, I- interestingly enough, Luke is the gospel account that highlights the ministry that Jesus had with women. That's okay. where we get this in Luke's. And so that was a big point. Luke wanted to make sure we knew that women were a part of Jesus' ministry. Uh-huh. So if you read the account of Luke, it says early on that Mary Magdalene was with him, and she had had demons casted out of her. This is classic oh. Luke. He's foreshadowing. So we uh, forget that about Mary Magdalene. She had demons cast out of her? Like, we just think Mary Magdalene in the <laughs> yeah. tomb and all these things. Right, right, right. Yeah. So Luke goes out of his way to go, oh, by the way, she was there, and she had demons cast out of her. So interesting. When you see stuff like that in yeah. Luke, just know he's telling you that for a reason. So all three accounts, they have Jesus getting in the boat. They go across the boat, and in all three accounts, he's going to a place called Gerasenes. And I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. When he gets to Gerasenes, Matthew says there's two guys that are possessed by demons. Mark says there's one guy possessed by demons. Luke says there's one guy possessed by demons. Whether it was one or two, somebody there is possessed by demons. Sure. Oh, that's why Luke told us that Mary Magdalene had been possessed by demons. Oh, okay. So this is the account where in Matthew it says that they named themselves legions because there were thousands of them, and they confront Jesus. And they ask Jesus if, if Jesus will not cast them into the abyss, which now we can have a really conversation. What's that? Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they say, will you just let us go inhabit those pigs? And Jesus says... Yes. He cast the demons. All three gospel accounts say Jesus cast these demons out of the sky or guys, and that there was over a thousand pigs that these demons went into, and immediately the pigs ran off a cliff and drowned themselves. All three accounts say this. So now you're getting an insight into why this story was included in all three gospel <laughs> accounts. That would have made some headlines. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Okay. The next thing we read is in all three accounts, the people who lived there begged Jesus to leave. They begged him to leave. So they didn't want no part of this. Yeah. <laughs> Get back on that boat. <laughs> like what you is came. going on so here? So Jesus is doing something miraculous. The, the guy, Jesus basically then leaves the guy to be like a walking testimony to the power of Jesus. Yeah. So Jesus moves on, but the guy remains. And it says he's in his right mind. He's sitting there. He's eating. He's 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 literally had these demons cast out of him. So, yeah, you could see with a story like yeah, that. For I sure. mean, I haven't talked about the storm yet. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, this yeah, is yeah, just yeah. them getting to the other side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, John's gospel account was written some 60 years later. So John's gospel account was written, I believe, in the early to mid-90s of the first century. And John's gospel account has the most unique stories. I can't prove this to you, but here's my working theory that is not counter to Scripture. John had a working familiarity with Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Hmm. I think he knew the content of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and I think in some ways he filled in the gap. I also think he filled in the gaps in a way where he wanted us to know, I ain't completely filling in the gaps. Because when you get to the end of his gospel, he says, hey, if we wrote down all the things that Jesus did, there wouldn't be enough books in the world to contain it. Yeah. But yeah. in John's gospel, we get the I am statements. In John's gospels, we get um, different uh, different <clears throat> imagery of Jesus and, and, and things like that. We, we get this amazing, in the beginning was the Word, and the yeah. Word was God, and the Word was with God. Mm-hmm. Well, why is that? Well, Matthew's taking us to chrono- chronologically from the Old Testament. Mark just has Jesus starting to do miracles. Right, right, right. We don't need yeah, details. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we're not worried about Christmas. Luke is like, yeah, we need to get this Christmas thing in. Yeah. John's like, y'all have all missed the boat. We're going to go back before Genesis we <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. I'm taking, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. John is in many ways, and John was Jesus' best friend. Right. So I think that's kind of a fun thing to talk about. That, that is interesting. Um, you know, yeah. when you really see the dynamic that was there. So, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. When you really start digging into the four Gospels and who highlights this, 
this and who highlights that and which stories show up in all of them and which stories only show up in one of them. It, all it does is just it, it creates a desire to dig in even more right. into God's yeah. word. Yeah. And so I would encourage you to do that because it's just so rich. I mean, even this one story, think about everything we're talking about from one it's seven verses. Right. Yeah. And that one yeah. story of seven verses. Now we're looking at all these other things. Yeah. So thanks for asking the question. No, but, um, absolutely. I, I love talking about these things. No. And, and, and I think it's interesting because, you know, you, you talked about, hey, this one says this, this one says this, you know, not contradictory. What's amazing to me and what I've read in researching some of these things is how often it all agrees, how, how much yeah. it lines up. I mean, you look at the story of Jesus and people go, was there any evidence? And historians will tell you, oh no, that's the gold standard for there being evidence and accuracy. That's right. So I love yeah, it. Man. I think it's cool. That's so crazy. Well, let's talk about your first point. Uh, you said that sometimes Jesus leads us into the storm. Um, the big point being why that that is. So let's talk a little bit about why is it loving for for and good, like a good thing that God leads us into these storms. So why is it loving and how is it good? Yeah, life is preparation for eternity. Okay. So all of our life <laughs> yeah. is character development to become more Christ-like, conform to the image of God. We're not going to do that on our own. Yeah. We're right. creatures right. of comfort. We're creatures <laughs> right. of habit. We're creatures of inertia. So every now and then God, God lovingly comes along and he, and he moves us. He lovingly comes along and he stretches us. Yeah. He lovingly comes along and he grows us and builds a capacity of faith in us that's going to be required for what's for us. Right, right. God's sovereign. He knows what's coming down the pike for you. Yeah. So if you'll submit to what he's doing in your life right now, in many ways, that's going to prepare you for that. And yeah. so, yeah, it can seem on the surface uh, not very <clears throat> loving, but anybody who was raised by loving parents can look back and see, wow, there were yeah. some things they were doing that didn't seem loving at the time. Sure. They were incredibly loving. And yeah. those of us who are trying to raise kids now know that tension yeah. where it can feel like, oh, I don't really want to do this. But the best thing for them right now is <laughs> right. that I do this yeah. to yeah. help them. <laughs> you know, And so we understand that. And so think about you know, God, we have such a limited perspective and our love pales in comparison to God's love for us. But what it really comes down to is an issue of trust. Yeah. Hmm. Just comes down to an issue of trust. Like, do I do I trust God enough that even in the storm, like I, I'm 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 still going to keep praising Him? Yeah. You know, if I'm in the valley, I'm going to keep praising Him. If He's led me into this and I didn't see this coming, I'm going to keep walking with Him um, because ultimately the most important thing in this life is not my comfort. It is his glory. Hmm. And if he can use this to bring glory to his name, then praise God that that's what I want my life to be about. Mm -hmm. But I also <clears throat> believe because God is good, he can bring good about this for me. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But, but there's a lot of submission involved to <laughs> sure. ultimately yeah. get to enjoy the fruit of that. Yeah. yeah. I love what you said there about uh, the parenting and the discipline. Cause like literally every time with my kids, I'm like, look, do you think I want to be this guy? Like I, I don't like, as a matter <laughs> of fact, me be this guy. Like, I know, you think I'm so mean? Like most people kind of like me. I think you've said that before, you know? <laughs> so like, people kinda like yeah, you. so it's, uh, <laughs> I think, uh, so I just think that's an interesting point. Yeah, the you know? easiest thing to do would be totally hands off yeah. and let you do yeah. whatever you want. And in your mind, you think that'd be the perfect life. Yeah. And I'm telling you right now, it's the yeah. worst thing that could ever happen. That's right. Isn't that how we approach God so many times? That's right. God, if you just let me get my way and do my thing mm -hmm. and you know, that would be awesome. And God goes, right. Oh, that's the last thing you need. That's right. In so many <clears> ways, it does come down to us submitting our will to his will and saying, God, I trust you. Yeah. I trust that you have more information than I do. Right. <laughs> you know more about the situation right. than me, and you know what's better for me better than I know what's better for me. Yeah. So, 
God, as hard as it is and as painful as it is, I'm, I'm going to trust you. Yeah, yeah, that's good. All right. So one of the things you said was that not everyone gets invited into Jesus's boat. And we see that in the story. But I, I want to back up a minute because... My understanding, the thing that we hear all the time, is Jesus is welcoming and accepting to everyone, that everyone can get into Jesus's boat. So can you unpack that a little bit more for me, what you meant by that? What boat are we talking about here? Because okay. to, to, <laughs> we let's, have to define let's, the let's boat, run huh? with that define. metaphor. Okay. <laughs> so Jesus died for the sins of the world. Right. I believe the Bible says, whosoever will may come. I don't believe that Jesus's death was for certain people. I think that Jesus's <clears throat> death atoned for all sin all time. And I think that anybody can accept Jesus Christ into their life as their way, truth and life, their way back to God, the only way to be reconciled to God. So if we're talking about that, yeah, Jesus' okay. love is available for everyone as fully demonstrated on the cross. Right. I mean, that's the picture of love. He yeah. sacrificed his life for you. But when it comes to hopping in the boat with him and going somewhere— and being used by him, and, and being on the other side of the shore when he's casting out demons, they're going to run into a bunch of pigs that drown themselves in a lake. Not everybody's up for that. Okay, And we see that in the story. Sure, in fact, yeah. if you read Matthew's account, the very last thing that Jesus says before he gets into the boat, I didn't read, I didn't teach Matthew's account. Sure. It might would have been more fun, is he's been talking to these guys, and one of the guys goes, Jesus, now I'm paraphrasing here, I want to be a disciple. In other words, what he's saying is, Jesus, I want to get in that boat too. Right. But first, I need to go back home and bury my father who's died. Now, that's a legitimate request. Right. This is not a guy yeah. who's like, I, my buddy's got a, a bachelor party, <laughs> and I don't want to miss out on that. Right, 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 I mean, yeah. you know, my favorite team's playing in the big game, Jesus, and yeah, I need to make on, sure I, my father has died, right. and I need to go bury him. So let me go do that, and then I'll come hop in the boat. And Jesus looks at him and says, hey, let the dead bury their dead. <sighs> That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Sometimes we we present a Jesus that the New Testament doesn't present. Jesus says, I have work to do. I'm only here for a short amount of time, and I got to go. Are you in or out? Hmm. You in my boat or not? And sometimes Jesus makes us choose hard things to go with him to places that he wants to take us. Hmm. But a lot of times we have a very quick reason as to why we can't do that. Right. Uh, yeah. So whatever it may be, you know, somebody like me or, or you or somebody mm -hmm. else challenges people, hey, here's what God's asking of you. And what do we all do? We immediately tell God why that doesn't apply to us. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Here's what Jesus hears. Somebody saying, hey, my dad died. I need to go bury him. That's fine. Jesus says, we're, we're, we're leaving now. So that's what I mean. Not everybody gets in the boat. Well, Not everybody gets invited into the boat. And if you get in the boat... Just know, like, you know, are you willing to carry your cross daily? Are right. you willing to die to yourself? Are you right. willing to let your life be about him and not about you? That's not for everybody. Right. And so, yeah, Jesus's salvation is available for everybody. But getting on the boat and going with Jesus, there's a lot of people who'd rather sit on the front porch, drink right. some sweet tea and That's just right. roll through life. <laughs> right. Okay. But, but, but then there are those who say, yes, yeah. I will yeah. get in that boat. But when you get in that boat, it's going to get rocky. Storm's coming. Yeah. The storm is coming. Yeah. And I was trying to communicate that in some loving ways where we just understand that sometimes we think moving forward with God means peace and it means comfort. It means security. It means joy. Yeah. 
So those are all fruit of the Spirit that can come. But when when you're moving forward with God, a lot of times it feels like you're just going right into the middle of a storm yeah, with absolutely. waves and wind and everything Cause, else. Because you yeah. are. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. He led you into it. You <laughs> right. got on the boat. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 You, you got to wonder if the guy that was left on shore was like, whew, glad, <laughs> glad I didn't do that. The, he you heard know? about the but, demons. Got, I, yeah. I missed yeah. that one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. But, but, you know, getting in the boat and being with Jesus, obviously that was that was better for those ones that got in the boat. So that's that's so interesting to me. I really like that what you said there. Jesus is about to go fight some spiritual warfare. Right. Yeah. He's gonna cast out a bunch of demons. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't, you know, A League ball. This isn't right. minor league. Right. This isn't JV. Like that's what I'm <laughs> saying. Really you know? And so if you want to be on that team, <laughs> but but this is what it's gonna this is what cost it's gonna and take. Like. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's really good. Well, uh, yesterday you had a, a bullseye uh, on the screen with some words on it. We've seen it before. Um, but let's unpack that and why it's important and how we can move from the outside circle to the inside circle. Yeah, I mean, I, I, overall discipleship strategy, I think every Christian has a next step that God's asking them to take. It might be to relinquish control of an area of your life. It might be to submit an area of your life. It might be to repent in an area of right, your life. Right. Okay, None of us are, are just good. Right. I'm good Wait, with what? God. Well, no, you're good with God positionally. We understand yeah. that, your identity in Christ. But like here on this earth, I bet there's some things in your life that probably aren't God honoring right now. Probably. Okay, so like let's let's go to work. Yeah. You know, let's and so when you start moving from those circles in a congregation, uh the the crowd to the congregation to the committed to the core, the way that you move each one of those is through commitment, through cost, yeah. through discipleship, <clears throat> through sacrifice. Um, and here's the thing nobody wants to hear. They're behavior-driven. Okay. So part of our salvation is identity secured. I could not behave my way into a relationship with God. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had to accept this free gift of salvation, and once I did, my identity is secured in right. Jesus. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yep. Okay. yeah. But when it comes to growing in my discipleship, there's an immense amount of work involved in that effort and discipline and training. Paul says, I beat my body into submission. That doesn't sound like a guy who's just sitting there drinking tea. You know, that this is somebody that there's effort required. So if you want to move forward in your discipleship, it's going to cost you something. There's going to be sacrifice. Let's just start with a few categories Um, like your career. It's not your career. It's how God wants to use you in that career. Hmm. You know, so you submit that area to him. You know, let's talk about your finances. That's, that's my favorite one to talk about. Um, there's all kind of surveys where Christians will <clears throat> rank themselves as spiritually mature and they don't honor God with their finances. Those two things are incongruent with one another, according to God's hmm. word. Right. But in our right. own mind, we can justify it. Sure. Okay? Yeah. But make no mistake about it. If you're moving closer to the core with each step, more and more of the finances and the money you've been entrusted with is being relinquished to God for his purposes, mm-hmm. not your purposes. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you, the church is not about what it can do to meet your needs. The church is about how you can be a part of God's mission in this right. world to help reach people and make disciples. Right. right. It's a shift from a consumer mentality to a contributor mentality. Right. And, you know, we're really blessed here at Vaughn Forest that the committed and the core are a really strong group mm-hmm. at Vaughn Forest. But ultimately, the way you know you're a part of that group is if your focus has gone back out to the community. Hmm. Yeah, That's the telltale sign right. that, 
my focus isn't on what's good for the core. My focus is on how we can reach the community. And so it's just a really helpful visual aid. It's certainly not a complete picture of discipleship, but it's a good starting point to at least say, how are we organizationally, corporately, a couple thousand people who call this place their church home, let's hold ourselves accountable. How are we moving people closer to Christ-likeness in all areas of their life? Yeah, that's good. I I thought it was really good. Yeah. Helpful. So back back to the story, Mm -hmm. I... I, uh, I have a love-hate relationship with the part of the story where the storm is raging, the disciples are freaking out, and Jesus is asleep in the boat. As a follower of Jesus, I love it. I love you know that he's not concerned with it at all. As a control freak, I hate it because I'm like, ah, that, that just makes me so nervous that this is happening. And so your sto- your point was is that the storms in our lives don't affect Jesus like they affect us, you know. But my question is is how. Can we have confidence? How can we remain calm in those times when we're having those storms in our lives, but it maybe feels like Jesus is asleep in the bow of the boat on his Snuggie, as you uh, (laughs) talked about. With a nice pillow. That's right. (laughs) What does Paul say? Christ in me, the hope of glory. Um, You guys are the Avenger fans. I'm sure y'all could come up with some examples from the movies where... Um, they're in a situation where it looks like they're in trouble, but they're not really in trouble because one of the people in the, he can take care of it. Right. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, like we have the one I'm thinking about, <laughs> isn't there that one scene? Y'all are going to have to totally help me here. Where, we got you, uh, Captain America. Is he the one with the shield? Yes. He's yeah. in the elevator. And all those guys yeah, yeah, are there, yeah, yeah. and he kind of says, "Hey, this is you can hop off now before we get started." Yeah, does anyone want to get out? Yeah. So he knew something yeah. they did. That's right. <laughs> Such a great scene, all right? So y'all proud of me, right? Yeah, I'm I'm proud of you. well done. It's so a great scene. Let's say that somehow you got inserted into that movie, and you were in the elevator. Sure. And, and and you knew, like, oh, they have no idea who this guy is. <laughs> Would you be worried about the other guys? Uh, no, I guess not. Okay, yeah. that's the picture I'm painting. Okay. So if 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 you know Jesus, and you know what Jesus is capable of, and you know the things about Jesus that other people don't even know about Jesus, you can be in the middle of anything and be like, I'm good. Hmm. I'm fine. You know, storm going on all around me. I'm calm. I'm calm in my heart. Christ in me, the hope of glory. I know who my king is. I know who my savior is. I know how scripture portrays Jesus. One of the things that builds confidence in me as a Christ follower, as I've studied how the book of Revelation describes Jesus, hmm. and it fires me up, okay? <laughs> it fires me up. So um, I love reading about Jesus in the four Gospels. That's fantastic. I love reading about Jesus in the Old Testament. I think it's fun when Jesus just shows up. Right. Like, wow, that's kind of fun. <laughs> I get, I don't know if it's just kind of the competitor in me. Like, I get ready to run through a wall when I read the description of Jesus from Revelation because hmm. he's got a, a sword there's blood dripping off of it. I can roll with that. Yeah. Um, he he, he kind of has this presence that you just think, yeah, I'm not going to mess with that guy. Yeah. And, and, and why I like that is that's who I'm talking to. Mm-hmm. That's my intercessor. Hmm. That's who's seated at the right hand of the Father, who, who is waiting on God to say, go, go get them, go get my children. To, to return. So when I pray, the reason why I don't have to talk to a priest, a pastor, a friend, or anybody else is because Hebrews says Jesus is my intercessor. He goes before God. He takes my request before God. Right. So when I talk to that Jesus, I'm talking to somebody who can actually do something. Right. Like, who is this? Remember the story yesterday? Yeah. Who is yeah. this? That blood is dripping off his sword, and, and he's actually a warrior king who can yeah. do something about my situation and my circumstance, Wow! I'm going to call in the name of Jesus. And so we see this in, in different 
movies and different stories. Like we 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 are familiar with that scene. The oh, hero, they don't yeah. they don't even know. Yeah, they don't know that this. Guy, <laughs> that, there's nothing to worry about. He's yeah. got it. Okay, yeah. so I'm saying that is the picture that that when you're in a storm. Jesus is asleep, and of course he's asleep, because what else would he be doing? <laughs> he's Jesus. Right. He created the wind and the right, waves right. and the storms, and they have to obey him. And if you know that's who your hope is with, that should give you some confidence mm. yeah. to face the storms you're going through. Not because of you, but because of who you're with, because of who's in your boat. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes so, yeah, sense. It, it, as long as you try to understand the storm, don't do meteorology. Don't, you don't, <laughs> don't try to figure out your circumstances. Figure out more about who Jesus is. Yeah, Learn more good. about who Jesus yeah. is. And that's how you're going to be able to get through the storms with confidence and with faith and not letting your fear overtake you. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. that yeah. he, he's got, they don't even know. Yeah. Man. Yeah. They don't even know. I love it. That's yeah. so good. Well, you know, talking about, you know, talking to God and, and our you know, Jesus, you said there's a difference between questioning God and questioning God's goodness. So let's unpack that a little bit. Let's discuss the difference between the two. Um, and does God understand our questions or... Does he get angry? No, I don't think God gets angry with our questions. Okay. Um, I think that <clears throat> I think that God's wrath and anger were satisfied on the cross yeah. uh, through Jesus Christ. I think God is uh, loving kindness mm-hmm. is the word the Old Testament. It's it's a really bad translation of a of a Hebrew word called Hesed, hesed. which is this unconditional goodness of God that that we can't even begin to comprehend. Um, and so I do think that God is good, and I do think that God uh, welcomes us to talk to him. Mm-hmm. But I do think part of rightly acknowledging God is God and I'm not <clears throat> right. yeah. is not calling into question his goodness. Okay. Um, the first spoken words from Satan in the Bible are these words. Did God really say that? Mm-hmm. Did God really say that, fill in the blank, with Adam and Eve? So... Satan's strategy has always been to question the goodness of mm. God. So he's done it over and over, yeah. and he'll do it in your life. And so when you're facing circumstances that don't make sense, you can question those circumstances, right. but don't give in to the temptation of the enemy to now begin to question the goodness of God. That's, yeah, that's and, a good you know, reminder. all of the passages that we're told to live this life in light of eternity are hopeful. Mm. So I've, I've had to walk with people through some really dark days. Yeah. You know, if somebody loses a child and that child's no longer here, you can talk to God about that. Yeah. But my, what I cling to by faith from what I read in God's word is that one day when we're experiencing all of eternity, we might question the goodness of God for leaving us here longer. Mm. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That yeah. the goodness of God was actually never called into question because of where that child now actually gets to be. Right. Right. You know? And so we're looking at things through, you know, fogged up lenses and, and, and a limited perspective. Yeah, lim- and if again, if we could see everything in light of eternity, if we could see everything in, from God's perspective, the last thing we would do is question his goodness. Yeah. But you can question, God, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. These circumstances aren't adding up. This isn't making sense. This isn't playing out the way that I thought it would. And I'm pretty sure this is what you led me to. That's actually a really good way to grow your faith. Yeah. Like help I said, me, help me yeah, understand. Yeah, help, keep questioning. I'm not going to question you. Yeah. I trust you. I've seen you do too much. Right. But I am going to question like what's going on yeah. here. And, and I do think that that can be a great opportunity for God to show you some things yeah. about himself, about you. Yeah. 
about others that mm-hmm. otherwise you may not have ever seen. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That's really good. So I, I love the part of the story, obviously, the, the crescendo moment where Jesus, you know, takes a Snuggie off, according to your sermon, <laughs> uh, walks walks out onto, not really, walks out and says, you I know, like peace be still, you know. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if afterwards he went back to sleep or, you know, hung out or did whatever, but I... I put I, a Snuggie back on and that's went right, back to That's right, that's right. But I love, this, I love this part of the story, or the story, that he rebukes the storm, he says, peace be still, and, and it goes away. And I I know there's probably at least a few folks, if not several folks, that are listening to this podcast right now that there's a storm in their life. They wish that Jesus would just take it away, and yet God doesn't do that. So what would you say to that person who's listening to this? How'd you get here? <clears throat> do you know that God led you to where you're at? Um, sometimes we can have a lot of confidence that God's leading us into something until it starts to go bad. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so how'd you get here? Like, let, let's, let's back it up a minute. How did you get here? Were you following God? Did God call you into this? Did Jesus speak to you in a quiet time? Did Jesus speak to you in a worship service? Do you know the best you can tell that God led you to this? Is it God honoring? You know, don't tell me God led you to something if you're clearly disobeying God's word. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But did did God lead you here? If that is so, he's taking you to the other side. Hmm. You just need to know that. Like he didn't lead you here to leave you here. Yeah. He just didn't. He's probably not going to get up and say, peace be still and everything go away. This is a unique story in the New Testament. We all wish it could be our story. Yeah. Sure. What's more likely is clinging to the promise that he's going to take you to the other side. This storm is actually temporary. Now, if you backtrack like I just did and you go, uh-oh, <laughs> I got myself in this storm. And here's the thing, guys. I mean, I've, I've, there have been times in my life I thought God was leading me into something, and I got in the middle of it, and I realized, ooh, no. God didn't lead me into this. Mm. I led me into this. God's not wrong. I'm wrong. So what you do from there is a totally different recipe than what we talked about in this past message. And I'm going to give that recipe this Sunday. Okay. Okay. What do you do when you are the reason for your storm? Okay. Totally. It's, it's literally night and day from what you do. Okay. Okay. And I think that, um, I'm really I'm I'm very excited to to share the message this Sunday because I think it's going to be I think it has the potential to be a life altering message for a lot of people, yeah. even good. more so than what we talked about this past really? week. Really, wow. I really believe awesome. that. That's good. But if you're in the middle of a storm and you know God led me here in my career, in my marriage, with my kids, with my finances, with my health, with whatever it may be, I mean, name the scenario, and it's rough waters. If God led you, you need to take away the big takeaway from the message yesterday, which was when Jesus told the disciples, let's go to the other side, it was settled. It had right. already yeah. been settled. He told them, we're going to the other side. It's settled. You, you need to know it is settled. If God said, do this, and you've done it, it is settled. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right now, you've got to move forward in faith to get to the other side. You, yeah. you, can't, get, you can't get caught up in the storm. Yeah. You see, what I'm saying? at yeah, some yeah. point, here's you have to learn how to rest in the storm. 
if you can only rest in seasons of calm, you're no different than the world. Hmm. You're no different yeah. than somebody who doesn't have Christ in their life. Yeah. Because we have Christ in our lives, we can grab a Snuggie too. Because right. we have Christ in our life, we can yeah. actually find peace in the storm. We can take a nap in the middle of the storm. Hmm. Yeah. We can sleep like a baby when everything about our life is falling apart if... God led us there. Now, again, if he didn't, probably don't need to sleep like a baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Stay tuned for part two. Other things that, that God yeah. is calling you into right yeah, now. That's good. Well, you know, talking about being in the middle of a storm, um, you said that sometimes we are led into the storm to understand Jesus better. So how can we practically, in the middle of a storm, see these opportunities and seize them? Um, and what does that look like? Yeah. Okay, so assume there's a whole bunch about Jesus you don't know. Right. And then ask him to show you those things right yeah. now. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a really good prayer to prayer. Hey, Jesus, I'm in the middle of something right now. And, I mean, I've been in church for a long time, and, and yeah. I love you, and I have a relationship with you. But I'm just going to tell you right now, the thought that I might understand everything about you is the right. furthest thing I could comprehend. So would you be faithful to show me who you are in this yeah. season? You know, would you be faithful to, you know, remind me of who you are, cultivate our relationship, yeah. develop a deepness, help me learn how to trust you more? Yeah. I think he's faithful to answer those prayers. And a lot of times yeah. when you pray that prayer in the morning, maybe even throughout the day, you begin to recognize some things yes. that give you insight into yep. that. No, but I don't think Jesus wants to be a mystery. Yeah. I think he would love for you to get to know him better, but I do think he wants you to ask. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think one of the skills that is the most underdeveloped skill among Christians is asking. Mm -hmm. We just think that because we asked Jesus into our heart, now all these things are just going to happen. Right. <laughs> no, you better ask. Right. Yeah. Ask yeah. God to show you things. Ask Jesus. I, I'm, yeah. I, I think I'm going oh, to talk about these things on the podcast and people make me do it. Um, I'm, I'm thinking about this in May. I'm not sure. I'm thinking. I'm okay. praying about yeah. it. Praying about I'm it. praying about this. <laughs> Asking Jesus. I'm praying I... about um, doing a series in May, and I don't know what the title of the series is going to be yet, but it's something along the lines of powerful prayers. Okay. Like, I'm just going to go through Scripture, yeah. and there's there's just some prayers that some people prayed and you're like, that you're yeah. like, wow. Like, what would happen in my life if I prayed that kind of prayer? Right. Mm -hmm. What if I asked God these things I see people asking God? Um, you know, and, and so I'm thinking about that. Okay. I, I think yeah. that sometimes we limit even our prayer life when it comes to the things that we talk with God about, we talk with Jesus about. And, um, you know, I think that, <clears throat> I think that Jesus is really excited to have some conversations with some people about yeah. their future and their fears mm -hmm. and their kids and their finances yep. and their health and the, you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. So um, ask him, hey, what do you what do you want me to learn about you in this? Yeah. And would you not be a mystery to me? Would you make yourself known to me? I think yeah. Jesus honors those prayers. I think yeah. that's a good. Yeah, that is good. Well, I, I, I love this story. You know, I love the, the imagery it conjures up, you know, putting yourself in those shoes. I mean, if you've ever been on a boat in a storm, like, you know how uh -huh. helpless and scared. <laughs> I mean, we were on a cruise this past uh, this past fall and we were coming back in after the hurricane had gone through. And I remember looking up and just seeing the boat like. Like the bow of it going up and down, and it was. These boats are massive too. They, they so are, that, yeah, yeah. You're not in one of these like old but rickety. You can still feel it. Yeah, I know. That's what. But I'm, imagine being in a in a first century, you know, boat, and, and <laughs> you know, they're what Sea of Galilee is that where they were? Like, it's not like it's a little lake. Like, I mean, it is yeah. a massive, massive sea. I can't, and so I can't. I, I just love, but I love the imagery. You know, there. You know, Jesus, man, he's in control, and I love what you said there about how you know, no matter what, you know, he's he's going to take you through it again yeah. if God led you to it. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking forward to this Sunday. Yeah. 
this is when, yeah. learning what to do when when it's our own dumb mistake when we've let ourselves <laughs> into a storm. So that that'll be a good conversation yeah. this Sunday. And we've all done it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to have to share. It. We're not going to pass it on the microphone. You <laughs> yeah, know? you can. But if you do, everybody <laughs> raise your hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, we're not it's not to do that. But yeah. um. A lot of times we don't know what to do when sure. we find yeah. ourselves in those situations. Yeah, and right. thankfully, there's a story in the Bible that gives very clear guidance. Okay. And I think I think it's going to be encouraging, but I also think it's I think it's going to be freeing um, as well. But um, yeah, I, the Lord's really been kind of um, stirring this one to me for a while. Good. So I'm excited about yeah. it. Yeah. Well, and so tune into that this Sunday here on campus. We want you to join us here at 930 and 11. If for some reason you're traveling, you're sick, you can always join us online, vaughnforest.com. Uh, looking forward to great worship time, great message, uh, great time together. It's going to be a great Sunday. So that's going to do it for this episode of the Other Six Podcast. We appreciate you joining us on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, Sound Guy Jonathan, and myself. We hope you have a great week, and we will see you next time.